Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. The strong, the powerful Carlos Hidalgo, entrepreneur, chief strategy officer at Demand Gen International, TEDx speaker and author of The Un-American Dream, is here on Money Savage Create. Welcome, Carlos. Thanks, George. It's a pleasure to be with you and looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me as well. If you would, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Yeah, personal uh, life. I have been married to an incredible woman named Suzanne for over 25 years. I have four amazing kids and a daughter-in-law. And uh, we live in Colorado. We enjoy everything Colorado has to offer, including skiing and hiking and fishing and everything else. Uh, we've been here for about 10 years. Um, and I, I, I really am fortunate in terms of professionally. I get to do a lot of different things. As you mentioned, I just joined DemandGen as their chief strategy officer where we work with enterprise clients. And then I also work with a lot of entrepreneurs and just business professionals on how to overcome workaholism and establish work-life boundaries. And that really started out of my own story, and uh, which I wrote about in The Un-American Dream. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, in, in 2005, I left uh, a promising career in a software company where I was doing quite well. At that point, all my kids were, were quite young, but I was gone so many times. So I said, you know what? I've always wanted to start my own business. I'm not seeing my family. Let's Let's uh, let's try this thing. So co-founded an agency, which quickly grew. And then I repeated all the mistakes of the past where I was gone all the time, except this time it was my baby and my ego. And um, not only was I gone, but even when I was home, I was gone, which means I wasn't present. I wasn't available and uh, just put everything I had into the business. And over time, when you're not uh, you know, when you're shorting one thing to pay another, the thing you're shorting eventually starts to decay and erode. And uh, the biggest thing for me was my marriage. And um, Suzanne and I at the, were at a point where we were separated and talking about a divorce. And I kept asking myself, like, what the heck? This is, is this, this is it? Like, this is the pinnacle? This is the top? And the agency had done well, received a lot of awards and brand name clients. But I, at that point, I was just like, this is so unfulfilling. And that's what I, I hear so many people talk about is I put everything I had into the title, into the promotion, into ascending up the corporate ladder or starting my business, yet they're still not fulfilled and happy. So I really like to, out of my own experience, talk to people about how you can still be truly successful, both personally and professionally. Well, I think that that's something that, that we all want more of, like that we all want to be happy and healthy and successful and try to find a good balance or rhythm to life. And I also think that that's probably escaping most of us. 
So I, I guess, I mean, what's what's a good starting point if, if, if people are listening and they say, you know, that sounds like me? Where do you start? I, I think just coming to terms is you don't have to settle for being unfulfilled. You know, you don't have to. I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, well, you don't understand. I got this. I got that. And 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 they started to list off all these excuses about this job that they hate. They're being taken advantage of. They're they're being overworked, which, of course, is impacting their home life. And I just said, so I, I literally asked the question. And I asked the question a lot, like, what's holding you back? Who's got the gun to your head that says you have to stay in this job? And then it's, well, you don't understand that, you know, the money. I do understand. I had three kids in college at the same time when I left the agency I co-founded. Um, and so I think just getting your head around the idea, I don't have to settle. I can make changes. Now, making those changes may take time, and it only needs to start with something small. But where you start is is just embracing this idea of, I don't have to settle for the suck. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I mean, as as, as you're talking, I, part of part of me, uh, what jumped into my head was, if you have a victim's mentality, that's probably something you're going to have to shift. You do yeah. have the ability to change your situation. Is 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 that right? It is right. And you know what? It may be scary. I get that. When I left the agency that I co-founded, I didn't know what was next. I literally, on, a, on after going back and forth for like 10 months of how can I make this work, through a, a discussion with a friend who challenged me to pull the ripcord, his words, not mine, um, I called home, said, this is what I'm going to do. My wife was like, thank God, I've been waiting for that. I, I've been waiting for you to reach that decision, but I wasn't going to hammer you on it. And then I called my business partners and was like, hey, I'm out. And when people would say to me, what are you doing next? The question was, I, I don't know. But I knew that I couldn't stay in that situation any longer and continue to to and and live the life that I wanted to live. So is is it a matter? Hmm. Is it? Do, do you think that 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 a lot of people are are trying to create a life that is going to get them happiness versus finding happiness and then? Do you, do, you, do you know what I'm asking? Uh, I'm, I, I wish you could see me because I'm sitting here shaking my head, <laughs> not, not, not shaking my head as a no, but nodding my head. Yes. Um, I, I really think we do in our Western culture, we expect things and prestige and wealth and, and add whatever in. We expect stuff to make us happy. And that is such a false narrative that we have come to believe because as you just said, George, Happiness starts with a choice, and it starts with saying, even in the light, as Sean Acor says, even in light of ne negative circumstances, I'm going to choose to be happy. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to go your way, but you can still choose happiness. And once you embrace that mindset and say, what are the experiences that I want that are going to continue to bring me joy and I can, I can actually share my happiness within those experiences. You will be amazed at how your life changes. Got it. So, okay. So it's, 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 it's making a choice. It's being, I guess, bold enough to be able to, to make that shift. And 
so I, I'm I'm certainly a a mindset person. I, I I appreciate that you need to to be able to shift your mindset, but more than that, do do you think that most people have a sense of of what the life that they really want is? Yeah, I I think if you were to ask somebody, hey, what what is that life? I think they could probably tell you what it's not, not necessarily what it is. Hmm. Um, and I think what I hear from most people is I want more time with my relationships, whether that's, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, children, whatever. Um, I want more, I want more time to pay attention to myself. Um, and I talk about, you know, the, the different facets of, of whole health. Um, I don't want to spend all my time working, but I, it's what's required for me. Or I'm afraid that if I pull back, I will be seen as less than that scarce resource. And so I think they can describe the things that they they don't want, and it's most of the things that are bringing them discomfort in how they're currently living. You mentioned scarcity. How 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 does that play in? Yeah, I think, you know, there was research that I quoted in the book from uh, Harvard that talked about the individuals, one of the reasons that individuals are working so hard is this desire to be seen as the scarce resource, which basically is, hey, the com- if, if I'm not here, if I'm not working my myself crazy, then things won't happen. Things won't continue to move forward. And so when I see the words, I want to be seen as that scarce resource, what that says to me is we are looking to our professions to define our worthiness. And we should take pride in our work. We should get fulfillment from our work. But man, oh man, is it a horrible place to try to find worthiness and identity at the human level. Got it. Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt about that. All right. I mean, you know, and and as you're talking, I know that I've been guilty of this. And I'm sure that um, I'm sure that the most successful people out there, you, um, so many people that I've talked to have been guilty of that. And so sure. it's certainly possible of breaking out of that. So how do you counsel people to start to start designing that day, that that week, that that month, that year? Yeah, you know, I think it's it starts with getting back to your true self, understanding what really makes you come alive. Um, one of the things I do to remind me of that is I have a picture of myself when I was seven in my office that says, what were the things as a little kid that I really loved? Because mm-hmm. I, I do have this belief that all of us are uh, at, at our truest self, still that little kid that has those deep desires and needs. But then I am also a big fan in defining boundaries and saying, okay, if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I know what I'm not getting, time with my family, time to pay attention to my health, time to involve myself in my hobbies, and literally time to just focus solely on the work that I have to do, um, define those things, like write them down. And, and most, most people, and I would say, if not all should do that with those that they are closest to who really know them, write them down and document it and then say, what boundaries can I erect or put in place to protect that time or those values? So for instance, for me, one of my, one of my top values is time with my wife, Suzanne. And so one of the boundaries I have in place is I don't work before 8 a.m. Because every morning we start our day with coffee at our kitchen table. 
And so that's a that's a boundary I've put in place. And I, I, I use the word boundary versus balance because I see so many people, up to 70% of Americans saying, I have no work-life balance. If the overwhelming majority don't have it, we have to even start to call into question, does it even exist? Yeah, well, I don't doubt that for a second. Does it even exist? Is it a real thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and since it's different for everybody, and uh, you and I have, have have talked in the past, and I, you know, I I've I love the term work life boundary that that I learned from you. I, I was always saying find the right rhythm to life, right. um, but boundary is better because you need to to draw that line in the sand to really protect the most important things, right? Yes, and then absolutely. you know you're 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 gonna slip up. But the more that you are firm in your conviction to set that boundary, then you're probably training your brain, but then others also how to do business with you. Yeah, no, that you're exactly right. And it's interesting you brought that up because uh, my wife and I spoke in an event last week. And one of the questions from the audience was literally they used the word train, which you just did. Did you have to train your colleagues and your clients and your partners? And then how did you do that? And one of my clients was sitting behind the individual who asked the question. And my client was vigorously nodding her head like, (laughs) yes, he did. Yes, he did. And what's interesting is I remember when I adopted this, I, I had adopted this approach a weekend. And I had a brand new client that I was on site with. And they said, hey, we have a uh, a board call on Friday. We really would like you on the call. And I had already blocked that day out to spend time with my family. And instantly I was like, oh, dear God, what are, what are they going to do? If, and so I said, you know, I would love to be on that call. I said, unfortunately, I can't make it. I said, I have blocked that time off with my family. And I talked to them about the boundaries that I've set. And the CMO was like, that is awesome. I love that. And now what I do, so... Thursday, I'm leaving the country uh, on a trip. And so for the last two months, I've been telling my clients, hey, I'm going to be unavailable. Remember, I'm going to be here. This is what I'm going to be doing, yada, 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 yada. So I do train, I do plan, and I do communicate as effectively as possible. I love that. And I have to imagine that this message is well received, not only by people who feel like they're overworked, but also by by probably anybody who respect people that have conviction, be it in values or work-life boundaries, any of these things, this is this is what I believe, and, and, and people really respect that. So it's probably for you not, not uncommon at all for people to say, good for you. Yeah, you know, I, I'll be honest, over the last three years since I've adopted my, my boundaries, I've not yet had one... Uh, a customer, a partner that I do business with, a, cl- a prospect, nobody has said, oh, well, we don't want to work with you or we mm-hmm. don't understand. Or most of it is either, can you talk to our management can we, <laughs> uh, or, hey, good on you. And oftentimes I will get an email or a text when I'm uh, off or, you know, weekends I don't work or it, and, and they start with, hey, I know you're not working, but when you get this on Monday – and then the email goes on. So that tells you the acceptance that I've received from, and I work with companies from startups all the way up to, you know, Fortune 50. So it's not, it's not only particular to just one segment of the market. No, I, I, I'm 100% sure of that. And 
we talked uh, last time about how America right now is is obsessed with this idea of hustle porn. And so many people talking about how you have to work 24-7, even 25 hours a a day, and all that. I think everybody's very familiar with that whole phenomenon. But what we've just been talking about is how people are respectful and appreciate the fact that you have set these boundaries, that you do an exceptional job with the amount of time that you've given yourself to do that. And that's a very real thing, right? Yes. It's... Uh, Parkinson's law talks about how work will contract or expand to fill the amount of time for its completion. So that's right. If somebody's listening, they say, "Well, there's no way I can get everything done in 30 hours. I need to work 60 hours. That's just flawed." It is, and and I used to believe that as well. Um, I used to believe that heart and soul. When I remember when I was giving my uh, at the end of 2018, I gave a TEDx on work-life boundaries, and the day before you kind of go before this little panel and give your speech one time, and it was great. They kind of give you some pointers, and and I remember one of the individuals in the room said, "Yeah, that's nice for you, but there is absolutely no way I could get away with not working weekends." Hmm. And I just smiled. I said, "I used to believe the same thing." I said, and, and it's, it's a flawed belief. Mm-hmm. And I said, but, and I said, and I said, maybe, maybe you're right, but I bet you could get away with not working on Saturday mornings or at least saying, I'm not going to work on Sundays. And again, it gets back to that idea that, oh my God, what happens if I'm not working? Well, guess what? The world will still spin on its axis and the chances are, unless you're a cardiac uh, emergency surgeon, nobody's going to die. Believe it or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love it. We, 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 we really like to build up. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that flippantly. What we do, we should take pride in our work and we should work hard. But the world does not depend on most of what we do for a living to make sure that it's spinning on its axis. Agreed. I love it. Well, Carlos, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I would say the difference-making tip is to sit down with your closest of relationships and take a good hard look and say, is this the life we want to live work-wise, professional, or professionally and personally? And then say, okay, if it's not, what is one small change? Identify together one small change you can make to start to turn the tide and start to live the life you do want to live. It may be simply, I'm not going to work Saturday mornings. I'm going to come home from work and I'm going to have family dinner with no phones at the table. It may be a digital detox. I don't know what that is, but if you work together in community with your closest of relationships, I guarantee you, you will find one small thing you can do to start to change the course of your life and truly live a fulfilled professional and personal life. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. And Carlos, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of your book? Yeah, the book is on Amazon, so just The Un-American Dream. It's doing quite well. You can also go to the theunamericandream.com uh, to look at a little bit more of my story. We also have some information on some workshops that we provide. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at C.A. Hidalgo, or shoot me a invite on LinkedIn, and that last name is H-I-D as in David, A-L-G-O. Perfect. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Carlos your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to theunamericandream.com. Check out the seminars, get a copy of the book, follow him on Twitter, and I'll list all that in the notes of the show. 
Thank you again, Carlos. Thanks so much, George. Really appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.